Well, hello and welcome to Finding Our Way, our Southridge Church member podcast designed to give people the inside scoop on life in our church. Here's our host and lead pastor, Jeff Lockyer. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Finding Our Way. Uh, I don't know about in the context of your community, but ours has just launched into a brand new series to start off the new year and uh, to help us unpack kind of the why of that series and, and what it's all about and what we're hoping to uh, see God do in our community. I have our connection pastor back with us, Jeff Martins. Jeff, welcome back. Yeah, good to be uh, back on here with you. How was your holiday season? Uh, good. I, I felt like we had a, a nice blend of both activity, of doing things, family gatherings. We won hockey tournament for one of our kids, uh, as well as a good blend with rest of some downtime, some just good family time. And uh, yeah, now on the other side of that stuff, feeling good about just getting back in the, the life of routine that you can kind of set aside a little bit, it seems, in those, those holiday days. Do you feel like now that the Christmas break is over, you're back kind of on the treadmill in the rat race? Or, or is your 2023, you know, New Year's resolution type new normal uh, a little more settled? How's that going so far? Uh, well, it's still early, so maybe hard hard to tell. Definitely, always striving to live in uh, in in a sort of healthy pace that has some margin. Doesn't always get experienced that way, but I mean, for me, as I was thinking about just rhythms coming into twenty three, or I haven't always been super intentional about the word or whatever. But but a word that was coming to mind is is just being about being attentive. I, I've reflected in the last couple of years about growing in in just presence and. And sort of some of that simplicity that we've learned, you know, through the last couple of years of what we've experienced together. But but this year, it's sort of be attentive, whether it's busy or whether it's slow. How do you be attentive to it all? I think is the thing I'm trying to grow in. So whether I'm doing that yet, we'll see. But uh, that's the hope. Yeah. And uh, for church leaders outside of Southridge, uh, can you help them understand what the connection pastor does all day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. In our context. Uh, essentially, our team and, and my role in, in leading and supporting our team has, has two main uh, purposes or components. On the one hand, we together drive uh, community and relational connection, uh, largely through our life group. Some of this I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit today um, in building uh, relationship and discipleship through relationship across our locations and our ministry, and uh, also provide sort of the core pastoring and what we call location pastoring across our three sites as a church, that essentially our ministry and my responsibility has been made up of those two things, drive, helping people get connected into relationship and through life groups and the discipleship that comes through that, and also provide the pastoring either through that system of groups or beyond that groups as location pastors um, in in our community. So that's kind of our, our two functions. Yeah, we're trying to be a community where the word pastor isn't just a provider of ministry, but as it says in Ephesians, an equipper of the saints for ministry. And like many churches, trying to live out that mutual member ministry and the priesthood of all believers when it comes to providing pastoral care for everyone. So hopefully mm-hmm. everyone is cared for, but not everyone is necessarily cared by an individual pastor because of the way that we're trying to equip people and your 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 system now quite developed over the years uh, seeks to do that. So I want to dive into a little bit of that today because, uh, Jeff, yesterday, uh, you actually helped us kick off a a brand new series called friend like Jesus. Hmm. And I know that you and your department 
were kind of the brainchild behind this series. So just give us the, the thinking behind it, what, what you were hoping to do. Mm-hmm. Well, for the last number of years, we've usually used uh, this sort of January time slot in our message series to have a connection-oriented series where, where our team and our ministry with some of these relational values gets to sort of uh, set the stage for our conversations in our weekend gatherings. So we're already kind of starting with that in mind as we're working with our, our, our weekend services team, our inspiration team to plan this series. And the big conversation, I would say, for us, uh, it's been true in our team, but it's been true more broadly in our church and even in some of our message series in the fall, is how do we grow in being a Jesus-centered community and a Jesus-centered church? And so as we thought about um, how, are we gonna, how will our relationships grow, or what can we speak to in relationship, you know, this, as we kick off this new year, this January, we thought, well, what if we actually zone in on, on the way Jesus related and particularly how he related to his friends? What if we, we look at uh, very closely how Jesus was a friend to those in his circle, kind of centering our attention once again on him, but then hopefully out of that, learning what it means to be a friend more like him as a result, which hopefully just spills over into this Jesus-centered, uh, these Jesus-centered people we want to be, these Jesus-centered friends we want to be, and ultimately this Jesus-centered church and community that we want to be. So, launching into a series looking at the way Jesus did friendship and and the patterns among Jesus closest friends what kind of impact are you hoping this series will have on our people this year hmm. yeah I, I see three levels that uh, that I think we could grow in together through this this series this conversation number one would be as we look closer at Jesus and the kind of friend he was I think just out of that we can actually grow our friendship with Jesus you know, wherever we find ourselves on a journey of faith or understanding Jesus or wanting to follow him, um, I think this is a potential to grow our own relationship with Jesus and see the kind of friend he is and how he wants to be that kind of friend to me. And I think that's a heart in this series. And then get of that, kind of to, to what I already mentioned and sort of the, the, the titling of the series, we want to become friends more like him, um, that hopefully we can learn from Jesus to, uh, in our friendships, have a more Jesus-like effect and impact on, on those that we call friends and become a friend more like him. And out of that, our hope is that we all grow, knowing that we often say around here, life change happens best in relationship, that through those friendships, through those relationships, we all start to look more like Jesus. So we could grow our friendship with Jesus, we can become friends more like Jesus, and through that, I think all together be more like Jesus as a community. That, that's certainly my hope for this, this series, and that hopefully it has that sort of legacy throughout the year. And you mentioned that often in January, we'll kick off the new year with a, a connection type series. For, for church leaders listening, why would you feel like we've gotten into that habit and, you know, what is it about a connection type series that that makes us want to kick off the year, let alone this year in that way? Hmm. I think we have found that uh, this time of year, sort of generally in the, the church or ministry calendar, it's a good on-ramp season. There's a few, a few on-ramp seasons that, that tend to exist when people may uh, be more inclined to, to receive an invitation or respond to an invitation to participate in faith community. Uh, certainly the fall and September can be that. Sometimes around Easter serves that purpose as well. But I think the new year provides that opportunity. And we come out of you know Christmas celebrations together, often some guests coming to join us. And it's a good chance to 
help people learn what it would mean to graft into the actual community. And so we've seen it as a a good relational on-ramp. As well, it's a time where we're often all assessing kind of what we what's our hoped uh, for resolutions might be, and uh, not that those always have to do with relationships, but relationships are so at the center of who we are as people that I think it's it's a really productive time to talk about uh, how our relationships are going. And I'd say maybe this year, more than than years previous, especially in trying to start to live into this post pandemic reality. Um, you know, there's just so much loneliness people have experienced. Um, so many ways friendships have been strained. And I think to um, repair friendships or renew friendships or discover new friendships, putting Jesus right at the center of our friendship so we can um, grow out of this common experience of loneliness is, is, I don't know, pretty timely, I think, right now. So I think that's some of what drove us to say, hey, this, this would be a great conversation to kick the year off with. Well, and we say it at, at a at a broader level, it kind of taps into the 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 power of friendship just as a value in a local community. Because a lot of times you're talking about church work, you talk about what happens on Sundays in a more of an attractional kind of a framework, or you talk about what happens on the missional side as far as the difference that you're trying to make kind of in the part of the world where God's placed you. But there's this glue in between that we call connection. And, you know, a series like this helps drive that way of life. I guess in our three-dimensional model, talk about why connection is so critical to a follower of Jesus and in the life of a church. Mm -hmm. I think uh, glue, as you said, is a good word that... uh, Community and relationships, um, especially in what it means to live out this life of following Jesus and being a faith community together, is kind of what holds us together, is what connects both what we learn and get inspired by when we gather and in how we uh, sort of actively live that out or or implement that in in action and mission and justice, doing that together with others um, in both support and in mutual sort of learning kind of kind of binds the whole thing together and i already said we we've had a value for a long time as a church both in what we've experienced and what we see in the scriptures that that life change seems to happen best in relationship and i think that's simply because life happens in relationship that um i mean i think of jesus's greatest command to love god and then love people love one another like you can only kind of live out this life of faith and jesus following and kingdom uh with others in in who I am, in the circles and relationships and experiences I have with people. And uh, that that's, again, sort of at the highest levels and the, the most deepest heartbeat, what as a connection ministry and program we're seeking to foster and provide in, in our community. That, that power of life change through the actual life that is lived in, in relationship. Yeah, it's interesting. You talked about launching into this series because so many of our resolutions you would, would, would have to do with our existing and intact relationships, then there's the aspect of, you know, if I'm going to become the kind of person I want to become, whether it's stop smoking or take up exercise or whatever, Mm. often that requires the strength of other people, the strength of community. And then there's just the practical adage of, I've heard it said, especially of more attractional churches, you know, people come for the preaching, but they stay for the community. Mm -hmm. Like there's a, there's a, 
the glue is probably a good word. I hadn't really intended to use it, but the, the, the way that relationship shapes us, forms us, enables us to experience and express who Jesus is among us. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's critical. And I'm just wondering, you know, in, in your experience, especially looking at this up close and, and, and maybe more personally, where are some examples where you've seen this power of community make the, the, the experience of God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven more real to people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes me think of a, a conversation I was having with a member of our community back in the fall um, who was relatively new to connecting with a, a, a life group. Um, our sort of core environment to, to sort of practice and, and experience you know, these kinds of Jesus following relationships together. And he was sharing about how he has a, quite a demanding job and it's, it's a sort of ministry minded missional type of, of work environment. And he had been in, going through a season of wrestling to know whether he had what it, what it took in some of the perseverance and the patience he knew it was kind of requiring of him, these sort of seemingly individual characteristics that, that he wasn't sure whether he had enough of, or he wanted to cultivate more of. And he was at a point of wondering when he, he should throw in the towel on, on the, the, the role the job. Um, and he was sharing with me how his experience with the life group, while it was still new, was both providing him just support and encouragement to, to sort of have faith that he could continue, that he could persevere, that, that people saw in him maybe what he didn't see in himself, and provided a community where he was experiencing a little bit more of those kinds of characteristics that he wanted to grow in, such that he felt like, and he was now, as he was reflecting on the season, he was telling me that he was now in a place where he felt grounded again and felt like he was growing in some of those characteristics that he felt he needed in the kind of work he did feel called to and, and to, to sort of stick it out. And I mean, that's just a, a simple but beautiful illustration of how um, our lives can actually be changed. We can actually become different people um, with and because of the people around us to, again, in his case, in his work and, and one that he feels very called to and is making sort of a kingdom type impact. Um, he could keep contributing to that uh, rather than have to feel like he had to give up on it. So that's, uh, that's one compelling example I, I was encouraged by recently. Well, and it leads me to, to ask a few deeper questions about the, the program that you and your team oversee that actually tries to foster these supportive, mutual, reciprocal, and transformative you know, life-changing friendships that you call life groups. Talk uh, at first, Jeff, just about the role of a life group, the right-sized expectation of a life group, and how someone can leverage something like a life group powerfully for themselves this year. Mm-hmm. Now, for us, a life group is a smaller uh, group of people that are, are organized together. So we sometimes talk about subdividing into these smaller, bite-sized chunks of community within our, our church, usually about half a dozen to maybe a dozen people. Some might be a touch smaller, some are, are, are a little bit bigger, but a relatively smaller group of people where you commit to meeting together, um, you know, generally at least over the course of a, a ministry year or, or a couple of ministry seasons uh, with some frequency and some structure. Um, our values that we talk about driving our life groups, what we call, we've recently called in the last number of years of eating together, praying together and loving together. Um, 
and eating together means, you know, often enjoying food and just building some community around, you know, around meals and things like that. But also the value we believe uh, that is represented there is that there's consistency and we commit to this kind of different frequency of contact to see each other, you know, every week or at least every other week so that we have people we are sharing in life and a life of faith uh, with regularly. And then we talk about praying together of just having a an intentional even at times structured spiritual dimension to these groups and these these conversations, talking about uh, what role Jesus is playing in our lives, looking at the scriptures to see how we can interpret and understand and apply uh, to our lives. And then loving together is, is where we start to kind of live that out, both in the group, actually knowing what's going on in each other's lives, knowing the places maybe where we're struggling or where we're growing and being sources of encouragement and help and love to each other, and also seeing how we can, as a group, uh, engage in, in acts of love um, even missionally together, you know, beyond ourselves. And, and that's what a life group is, is all about. And it's a bit organized and in that sense, a bit programmatic so that it can be this playground, if you will, or, or environment to learn, experiment with and practice this knowing we don't all just naturally have relationships that engage in that kind of consistency, in that kind of spirituality, and in that kind of missionality together, this, this is a place where we bring that together to learn how to and actually play with and experiment with what it's like to be uh, these kinds of spiritual friends together. So that, that's kind of what a life group is intended to be and do in, in our context. Yeah, for church leaders outside of Southridge who are, are listening, you know, we've, I would say, we've smartened up on the 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 deliverable promise of a life group because sometimes you can overhype and over story tell and over envision what a life group will deliver where everyone assumes that just by attending or participating in the program I'll be guaranteed close friends and bosom mm. buddies and lifelong pals to quote Barney Rubble but uh, <laughs> you know life groups provide the framework whereby you can pursue this without necessarily guaranteeing that there is something that, that it requires on, on your own part is there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The other thing. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to just sort of riffing off what you're saying. Like, yeah, it's no guarantee that you sign up and are going to have this perfect or magical experience. So you'll go from lonely to like, absolutely, you know, connected or like best BFFs completely, or, you know, struggling and following Jesus to like, now it's so easy because I have these people around me. Like it's not that automatic, but it is intentional. And it's intentional both in how it's organized and, and how we envision what a group is intended to be. But it's also got to be intentional in my engagement, in my participation, in my wanting what a group could hopefully help deliver. And when I want that and I commit to that with others, it is then amazing how often it, it does help produce more of those eat, pray, love transformation features in my life. And programmatically, one of the one of the kind of experiments of the last few years coming out of the pandemic that I think we've seen some power in is what we've recently termed the short-term group. Explain to people, especially outside of Southridge, although some of us here at Southridge might benefit from this as well, that the role that a short-term group can explain can play in helping someone experience community. Yeah. Um, I mean, we recognize that sometimes one of the barriers to starting to engage in this kind of life group experience uh, 
is people's either busyness or sense of like, well, I do actually already have quite a few friends and acquaintances. Acquaintances, My connectors feel quite full. Um, or like, I'm not sure how long I can commit. Those, those are real questions as we seek to expose people to these opportunities and, and this, this way of life. And a short-term group is a chance to say, hey, can, can, would you want to try this? Do you want to commit for somewhere between four to six to maybe eight weeks at most? Most of our short-term groups run in about the five to six-week range. Um, and it's a chance to have sort of a taste of a group where you're going to connect with some people, you're going to do some eat, pray, love kinds of things together, uh, and and learn what it's like to participate in something what a, uh, like a life group. So it's a bit of a, a testing ground, a tasting ground. The other thing that's been cool about short-term groups is that we generally organize them around specific topics of conversation. Maybe they're around marriage or, or parenting for folks in those seasons of li- life. Uh, maybe it's around handling your finances. And also, how can you handle your finances as a person of faith? Um, we've had short-term groups on uh, the, the framework of the Enneagram to grow in my understanding of who I am and how I'm wired and how that kind of what, what's healthy and, and how I relate to other people in that way. Um, we've studied particular books of the Bible, which may provide some additional uh, Bible study and education beyond what we're talking about on Sunday mornings. Um, and we've had a variety of others as well, but it's sort of that chance to taste a group in a shorter term period and or also lean into a specific area of growth and discipleship um, so that if there's a particular season of life I find myself in or an area of learning I know I I would love to grow in, I can kind of lean into that with others. And we know some folks that have been part of sort of our our regular life groups or common life groups who have also at times participated in a short-term group for some of that additional engagement around a topic or where life groups have sometimes taken a season where they participate in one of our short-term groups together for just a change of pace to the life group experience. So that's, that's kind of what role those have played. Awesome. Awesome. Um, This wouldn't be a a fair conversation to talk about friendship without looking at some of the shadow sides, especially in, in church context, because I know for a lot of people, a church community while promising those kinds of things, fails in their experience to to deliver these deep spirited friendships maybe even more disproportionately in a church family dynamic and i just love to get your comments on why why that is why mm-hmm. do some people struggle to experience close relationship even or especially in a church family and and maybe the opposite what what are you hoping this series can do to encourage people to overcome some of those challenges of experiencing true and deep and lasting friendship. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's challenging to experience this because it's risky uh, and it is hard. I mean, deep, intimate relationships are are not easy and deep spirited friendships are, are, are the same um, in that they require a putting of oneself out there, not always knowing how it's going to go or how it will be received and whether I might hurt someone or be hurt by someone. And uh, I, I think that's, that's true in the church. I mean, some people have experienced that sadly, like crazily profoundly in the church, or maybe most prominently in their, their experience in the church. But it is true in the church and the faith community that uh, when you have imperfect people seeking to relate in really deep and intimate and vulnerable and meaningful and risky ways, um, the potential 
for hurt is certainly there. And it takes a risk. It takes work and effort. I think it can sometimes, uh, there are fears that associated with engaging in this kind of friendship. And so all of that is just, is just in bounds and part of the reality that I don't think we always go into with our eyes fully open. But if, if we do, we actually start with a pretty good self-awareness of what it's going to take and that there may be difficulty or rough patches to work through in deep spirited friendship. And I think part of what this series is, is hoping to deliver in these conversations of looking at the kind of friend Jesus was is number one, again, I, I had said to, to experience a level of friendship and anchoring in relationship with Jesus and particularly Jesus's love for us and commitment to us that creates a strength and, and uh, a perseverance in relationship that goes beyond the capacity I have on my own. And out of that, desires to, to engage in relationship in a way like Jesus that takes risk or in a way like Jesus that uh, endures through difficulty or, or conflict or times of hurt and learns the ways of um, forgiveness and compassion and patience um, and faithfulness and reconciliation. And again, those are, those are big things. Those are heavy things, but those are, those are kind of the tools in the toolbox of the, of the Jesus follower. And I think if we can implement them, um, we can both know and expect with our eyes open. And in reality, that, that the relationships aren't always going to go be easy and aren't going to go perfectly. Um, but that Jesus is with us in it and can actually have us grow through even the hard parts of relationship to experience new levels, deeper spirited levels of community and friendship than we even thought possible. Um, I, I think that's, again, the, what the vision of this kind of series is, is hoping to help us move towards. Well, and that kind of brings me to my final sort of move, my final question, and that is about really what this is all about, because series is that help people foster deep friendships and programs that help people experience and foster deep friendships aren't actually ultimately about friendships or providing friendships. They're ultimately about following Jesus. And so talk about why these systems and these series and all these efforts to cultivate strong friendships matter so much in the ultimate goal of being Jesus-centered and looking like him mm-hmm. to a greater degree in the way that we live personally and together as a community. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, in a lot of ways, and, and we've often cited this when we've had these kinds of series, like it kind of goes back to how God has created us to be and that it's not good to be alone or to attempt to go it alone in life. And what's crazy to think, it's kind of mind-blowing, but Jesus as God incarnate, as uh, God coming to earth and putting, you know, flesh on what we celebrated at Christmas participated in that, that he didn't do life alone, that he actually lived an interdependent life on others because that's where you experience the, the life that God created us for this abundant life. And this, this God who we also have come to understand, you know, through, through the scriptures and what Jesus taught us, this God who's three in one, this God that is community. Um, because then that's where the love that we're made for is actually given and received and expressed and experienced and incarnated among us. And, you know, Jesus lived that out to the fullest extent. Um, 
he gave his life for that as the fullest and greatest extent of 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 showing how far God would go to have us get to to participate in that and live into that and ultimately to take the risk of engaging in these kinds of relationships to do the work um makes us more like Jesus more like our father in heaven as people seeking to break the 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 you know the the shadows of loneliness and actually live in harmony and community and love together to to know that we are um connected and made for each other like that that's ultimately kind of what Jesus embodied as he walked the earth as the revelation of the god who is community and made us for community yeah i love that about our church that it's faith is not just an academic exercise of learning more about jesus it's an experiential endeavor to seek to become like him, which, as you've described, is ultimately about incarnating love to a greater degree. Mm. And as the Jesus who came to earth as love incarnate now enables, empowers, and invites us to incarnate love, that happens only through close relationship. And so, you know, for a follower of Jesus, this isn't just an appendage program. This is the essential canvas on which we're writing our journey of faith in Christ. It's the way that we learn and become and express and and ultimately experience the love that is the the risen life of Jesus. And so I guess with that backdrop, Jeff, just give us a a final comment on where you hope to see our, our community's kind of friendship capacity grow in the coming year. Mm-hmm. I'd love for us to just to take the risk of, of going for it to a greater degree in embracing, you know, deep, these deep spirited friendships, um, you know, wanting together to, to leave loneliness behind and leave the insecurity of wondering whether I'm really loved behind by by participating in it and sharing this kind of friendship with one another. And, you know, it can, it, it may start with our existing friendships. I know I have so much room to grow and I want to grow in this of being this kind of friend with my existing friends uh, in my life. Um, and then out of that, I can think it can expand to wider circles. And, and even again, within a church community, you know, I'd love for us to become the kind of people that when we gather together um, because of the sense of security and love we, we find both in, in Jesus and in the community around us, we walk across the room to, to maybe meet someone that hasn't experienced that yet. We invite somebody over for lunch and say, hey, I, I'd love to get to know you. Um, maybe we look for a student or a young adult that, that maybe doesn't have that same connection or community yet. And this, this is sort of love and this friendship spills over and over uh, to one another. Like I'd love for us, you know, 360 something days from now, whatever we're in the year now to, to feel like we've supernaturally moved forward in being that kind of community together. Um, that just the, the, the presence of Jesus and the friendship of Jesus and the friendship of his followers is like super palpable. Anytime you interact with, with folks from Southridge, um, there's probably a lot of room for us to grow on that, but I, I, I'd be excited for us to sort of take on that risk together this year. Yeah, and what better way to launch us into this year than to do a series that's ultimately going to equip and support and envision us to become and experience love unleashed 
to a greater degree, especially in the crucible of our friendship. So, uh, Jeff, thanks for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, thanks so much for leading the charge in this uh, aspect of uh, a life of faith in our community. It's uh, so essential, and we appreciate the the passion and commitment and leadership that you're showing to that. Mm-hmm. To, uh, to all of you, thanks as well for being here, and we'll see you in about seven days' time as we continue finding our way together. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.